Production. Recorded live. I'm Mara Chawastic. I'm Wayne Gladstone. And this is Sticks and Stones. So where words can never hurt you. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us again. Uh, we have a wonderful guest tonight, uh, as well as being a writer and co-host of the Breakfast Quest podcast. Our guest is a musician in the electro-pop band The Qualia, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. Lars Castine, am I pronouncing the qualia correctly? You so far, I think you've pronounced everything correctly. Uh, <laughs> okay, 100%. good. One hundred percent. Yeah. I I will hope that you'll uh, let me know. Should I mispronounce anything, and certainly not just in relation to you, but just any word that uh, I might say wrong? Um, I usually say about ten or fifteen words wrong per night, but I'm very tired, and on top of that, for some reason, I just poured myself a glass of wine, so I'm aiming for like twenty-five or thirty. So I, you know. I'm. Super excited to, to to keep up on this game. Very excited. <laughs> Good. All right, let's our first game. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's nothing but games the whole the whole way through. <laughs> right. um, so before we even get going, though, I just wanted to pause for a moment and congratulate my co-host Wayne, who finished his third novel last night. I mean, really, not even twenty-four hours ago. Uh, which uh, I guess will be coming out in the fall now. But congratulations on finally, finally finishing that. That's a huge accomplishment. So thanks. It was uh, due uh, two extensions. It was due March first, and I turned it in at ten thirty seven p.m. <laughs> on March first. So, well, that's uh, actually earlier than I think I ever handed anything in that I had to really. I mean, you had like a full 90 minutes there that you could have still right. going. Well, I did, I did spell check it, rewrite the last part that I wrote, and then send it again at 11.55. So, uh, <laughs> so that's the case. But I don't want to take any more time on me. Let's talk more about what Lars thinks of me. Lars? <laughs> Wayne, <laughs> Wayne, I think you're great. Uh, you know, Oscar Wilde once said that books are never finished. They're merely abandoned. Mm-hmm. And so I congratulate you on abandoning your book within these last 24 hours. You know, Sidney Salinger once said that uh, novels grow in the dark. Mara, do you have a book quote? <laughs> or um, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, and I should just Ooh. be able to just, come up with something that I would make up that sounded like a book quote right now, but uh, did I mention the wine and the exhaustion? So no would be my answer. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. But those two uh, are I great, wanna, guys. I want to jump into the Lars Castine story, and usually Mara does the first, uh, the first question, but I'm going to shake things up, uh, and I'm going to do that, which is um, we ask people, you know, what's the earliest they remember doing, doing their art and uh, art broadly, whether we talk to actors or writers or singers, musicians. And you said that when you were a kid, your music teacher would have you sing for the class? Yeah, this is not something that I totally remember. This is like when I was in college, a friend of mine from elementary school uh, mm-hmm. accused me of like hijacking the, the our music class in elementary school and like claiming more attention for myself than was due by forcing the music teacher to stand me up and, and let me sing, which I don't remember any part of, so... Oh, you don't remember any I love, of it? No, but I... But I he held uh, on to that for, like, ten years, that he was just, oh, like, yeah, yeah. fuming until he finally got the chance to be like, that was my time. I had a music question, had my hand up the whole class, nothing. You were just wow, I was really interested in that story, so could you, like, call him up and patch him in, maybe? Yeah, 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 <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. 
Um, the, the the part of it that stands out that that story that stands out for me is like uh, mainly a feeling of shame that that's like a thing that would have happened, but it's something <laughs> that's totally plausible. Like I, I I do love singing, and I've always loved singing, so I believe that that's something <laughs> that I would have done. Um, yeah, but so if your teacher made you though. Oh, but it would have taken so little to to force me to do that. Like, oh, I, I so like, could anyone sing me, 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 me? And yeah. Like, little Lars belts out. So, what kind of stuff are we talking about? Like, what kind of like, what kind of songs? I don't you know. know. I but like, like, like a signed song that the whole class was going to sing, but you were going to sing it first to show people how to do it. Yeah, I think that's basically what it was. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You know, that's the weird yeah. thing, too. You know, singing is not like other, you know, usually everyone knows how to do it. They just don't do it as well. Because <laughs> they get the concept. They don't really need a demo of it. <laughs> yeah, Can you remind I, I us how you open your mouth and, you know, breathe out and all of those things instead of just choking on air randomly? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I don't know mm. what anybody was meant to get out of it. I don't know what my teacher got out of it. I don't think I got much out of it. I don't know what my classmates got out of it. The important thing is that you took that memory and buried it somewhere deep down dark where you didn't ever have to be troubled by it again. Oh, yeah. that And that's something that I'm excellent at. I, like, barely remember anything. <laughs> so let me, let, me, um, let me ask you a question, which I might be making more of, and I might be reading a little bit between the lines uh, of your answers. But... Um, I mean, you have a full-time job that, like my full-time job, we're not going to talk about, but we also spend a lot of time, um, you know, doing our artistic endeavors. And your concept, am I right in reading your responses that you're basically the concept of like a full-time musician, not necessarily a rock star. You know, I say rock star, but that could be any kind of person with a career in music, popular music. Your concept of that as a child doesn't really exist today. I mean, in the sense that people, when you were, you and I were kids, I mean, I'm older than you, but still when you were a kid, like, releasing an album was similar to, like, releasing a movie, releasing a book, you know, they were, they were periodic works of art that came out. You could be, like, an auteur. And, right. you know, the, the album, not that it's dead, not that people don't make albums, but that that kind of artistic expression is more limited, and that business model is much more limited. So, like, kind of what you grew up aspiring to be almost doesn't even exist anymore in the same way. Is that fair, or is that putting words in your mouth? Uh, I think that's pretty fair. I think I think to do that and to make a living uh, has always been close to impossible. I think that the idea of, like, I'm going to write and perform, you know, pop songs or rock songs or, you know, country, whatever whatever it is that you're going to do, to do that and to expect to make a living from it, I think, is has always been a long shot. But, yeah, I think I think that that used to be something that was moderately attainable or somewhat, like, in a far-fetched way, I think that that was something that was attainable. But now I think it's it's weird because it's much easier to make music and it's much easier right. to record and to release music. right. So it's like the if you're relying on the mystique of like the singular artistic statement and the the album as like a a a big deal that should have some sort of cultural weight behind it, 
Like, that thing is gone. That thing is done. Yeah, right, right, right. But, but you know, um, I think, if I'm not, what, not that you don't, you guys, it's, it's really the crafting of music, right, that draw you to it, the creating of music, the studio time. I mean, not that you don't enjoy performing your music. I know that you would get up and sing it in front of a class that drops the hat. But, oh, yeah, yeah. But it's not like you want to be, like, in some sort of jam band and tour America, like, for the next five years of your life. That's not a goal. It's an aim. You wouldn't even be happy doing that, would you? Uh, probably not. No, I'm, like, I, I really care about my family and my friends and, like, the things that I do day-to-day that I work really hard to try to support are, are things that are, like, my my goal is to have a lifestyle that, like, lets me you know, have meaningful, stable relationships and still, like, make music and still write songs. And those... Well, what is, what's the difference yeah. between you as a writer and a performer? Like, what do you, do you... Is that what gets... Is the writing and the creating and the time in the studio what excites you most about making music? Uh, yeah, I think that that's... I think that that's reasonable. I, I think that... What I care most about is is pushing things forward. Like writing is is really exciting because you get to find new you know new things to say, new ways, new new sounds that you can make, new melodies that you can put together, and you can find everything else that supports those things, and you can make something distinctive that's new uh, that people can connect to. Whereas performing is is more about feeling the energy of of like a a room full of people and 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 channeling that and making something beautiful out of that and I think that that's great too but but that's not something that I can do day in day out my day in right. day out involvement with creative work is more about like knowing what my limitations are finding them and then pushing them forward in ways that can make the next day's work something else better than or different from or more true to what it is I'm going through than the right. thing that I had done. Right. Well, you know, I wanna, you guys, sorry, Kim, well, I was going to completely just jump back because, you know, we usually do kind of go sort of a bit chronologically and we've sort of moved on ahead. But I just wanted to ask, um, going back to when you were young and interested in music and singing for your class, who, what musicians were inspiring you? What were you listening to? What made you go, yeah, no, this is what I want to do? Right. Um, my brother was is really influential on me. He uh, he is actually my half brother. He's ten years older than I am, and uh, basically, when I was something like five or so, I was living in Connecticut, and he moved. To uh, to Connecticut from where his mother was living in Virginia, and uh, he brought with him all kinds of like mid '80s cool alt rock stuff. Like he was bringing, in, or not just alt rock, but he was bringing in like Smiths records, U2 records, REM records. Um, the church? What's that? The church? I don't think he went to the church. I don't know. He was like a. The church, aren't they like a little, they're a little darker than, than that, aren't they? Yeah, a little. Well, you know, 1986 was their biggest album with Under the Milky Way. And uh, Oh, yeah, right, right, right. 
No, so they're, um, they're, kind of there. they're kind of in there. They're Australian. A, See, that was the problem. Yeah. He had your no half-brother was a huge Australian racist, right? Really hates the Australian. No men at work in that list. Uh, no stranglers in that list. We should probably get to the bottom of that, his contempt for the Australian should we get him? We can get him on the phone. We can figure out what, why <laughs> he wasn't listening to the stranglers. Um, I mean, there could only be so many reasons outside of the contempt for the entire nation of Australia. All right, go ahead. So, yeah, you, he was a huge influence, and he was yeah, turning so, you Yeah, so, like, basically he dropped into, like, my life as a younger kid and um, just sort of loaded onto me his, like, mid-teenage taste in music. Right. And, you know, that was like a... It was a really uh, profound, I think, moment for me. Where I'd always, I think, I think I've always been a musical person. Like I think from the very, like m- my youngest days, I think I've always enjoyed. Like if my parents were playing classical music, like I would sing along with the music that they were playing, and I would, I could like just very innately, I think, connect to the like rising tension and the way that melodies worked and that kind of thing. Um, and then when my brother moved to live with us, I think that that got coupled with a uh, like a, a sense of, of something that was really cool and something that felt like effortless and authentic and vibrant and uh, and something you could like really fall into and believe in. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just like always loved, like loved, loved, loved listening to music and um Eventually, he started playing guitar, and I learned the beginnings of playing guitar from him, and that was sort of the beginning of that. How, uh, that... It's funny. I, I have a brother 10 years older. I have two brothers, 7 and 10 years older than me, but uh, who turned me on. My, old, my 10-year-old brother, my, my brother 10 years older than I, turned me on to a whole bunch of music, and my brother 7 years older than I taught me how to play guitar. So uh, aside from the fact that my brother's, don't have a weird pathological hatred for Australians. The story really resonated with me in a very similar way. I, you I, don't. I, your your brothers may be harboring an anti-Australian agenda that they just haven't felt comfortable talking. Or some other country. Well, you know, I mean, it I, may I, not I, be I Australia, say, but my, my my you know I think my brother Doug has no Australian music, and I think my brother Cliff is probably limited to. Uh, he does have a Australian album, <laughs> the one with "There's Always the Sun," the, whatever album that one is. That was their biggest one in America. No Midnight Oil in my family. How about you? Your brother probably hates Midnight Oil. Um, I don't know if he does. Uh, I think Midnight Oil is great, though. Like, I... if At a certain point, I think he... His taste in music radically changed. He became, like, super bluegrass guy at a certain point. Really? Yeah, when he was in his, like, early 20s. Um, he, uh... Let's just talk about my brother for a while. He uh, he graduated from like a writing pro- program and immediately started doing woodworking in Virginia and uh, also fell well, no into bluegrass. Then. Yeah, no, the bluegrass is inevitable. I mean, yeah. the writer's program and then woodworking. Like that, the, he literally <laughs> was not permitted to listen to anything but that. Yeah. That, that was it. Yeah. You feel yeah, that? Really, you really. Once you get those first two points, you could probably fill in a lot of like make a lot of correct predictions. Yeah. yeah, 
And yeah. he's a registered uh, independent. He's a registered independent. He uh, <laughs> he brings his own bag when he goes shopping. What else can we, yeah. can we get? Yeah. yeah, he keeps a <laughs> handkerchief tied to the end of a stick. <laughs> yeah. Practical, really? He, like, deeply, deeply fell out of those, like, sort of 80s cool, you know, alt-radio things. Uh-huh. And I, like, I kind of followed him a little bit, where if I hear The Cure, I'm, like, I will change, I will throw a rock at the radio. I, like, don't want to hear The Cure basically ever. You could just turn um, the radio off. I mean, just. So, you know, I, I just... Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't want to blow your world there, but uh, know, yeah, that's, like, that's another option. <laughs> you know, if I hear the cure, I just want to find the closest Australian and just beat them to death. Oh, wait. Okay. That's just a normal reaction. I, just, really. wait, you know what? I, uh, I think, we, I, before we leave this topic, I don't know if this happened to you. So because my older brothers were so instrumental in turning me on to, like, Beatles, Floyd, Bowie. Like, in my first taste of... I found very few things on my own unless they came out my era. Everything that was earlier than I I was already exposed to. But uh, right. did you ever, like, find something that you loved and then go to your brother and be like, why the hell didn't you tell me about this? I could have been enjoying this for the last ten years. Did that ever happen to you? If it, if it did happen, it maybe would have happened with David Bowie, which he's not a big fan of. Uh, um, he uh, he is he's able to be effortlessly dismissive of things that he doesn't think matter or are worth paying attention to. So if I had done something like that, I feel like I immediately would have been overcome with some sort of self-loathing and would have had to abandon the conversation. You know, it's funny. I think I figured out what his Bowie hatred is because Bowie broke big in 83 with Let's Dance, filmed in Australia. It all comes full circle. I need to confront my brother about this. This is a really ugly side of my family that I feel like... Really ugly side. Really ugly. But I think it's time for our first game. Am I right, Mara? Is it time for our first game? It can definitely be time for our first game. In fact, we we were talking so much, we even passed our normal time for our first game. So here we go. We're going to do our first game. So, Lars, this is... It's very, very easy. Um, No problem. You're going to nail it. (laughs) Um, This game is called Stick, Stone, or Story. And I'm going to read three related anecdotes. One of them is about myself. I'm Mara Chawat-Stick. That's Stick. One is going to be about Wayne. That is Wayne Gladstone. And one is about a celebrity, any celebrity, somewhere in the world. And that is the story. They are all true. After I've read all three, it will be up to you to guess which one is about whom. Pretty easy, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is going to be no problem. No problem. It's going to be super easy. All right. Here we go. Uh, Wayne, do you you want to do your your announcer voice? Oh, my God, yeah. We really really fell out of this. uh, It's been a long time. You know, I have to say, we're getting back into the swing now. Like, in the last month when I was cramming for for the novel... I was absent a lot, and then I had business trips, and we really got out of practice, and we're rusty, and uh, Joe Berkowitz paid the price for us sucking so bad at doing a podcast. We're ha- Last week, we're halfway out of the woods now, and it used to go like clockwork, because I didn't... Can I slow us down? Can I slow us down for one more, one more second? Yes. Yeah. Um, Wayne, I think it's so great that you finished your book in the last day. I think that's really <laughs> exciting. 
like I, I want to say that like like he, here's the thing is like the podcast producer in me like here's the way that we flew through that and it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm being totally serious. Like, no, you're not. I, I, I think you're being I, totally sarcastic and shitty, and I deserve it. But it's no, it's no, no, no. I, I just think I'm just imagining. I'm imagining your listeners. They've like, they've heard. They know that you're working. <laughs> on this. They know that this is a thing that's a long time coming, and this is like the end of of this journey. I think that's really exciting, and I and I, very I, I think we should hang a little bit more of a lantern on it if we can. <laughs> Well, that lantern has been lit and hung, I would say. Okay. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Now is the point in the show where I say, it's time to play a Stickstone story. All right, here we go. Three stories, the first of which. This person had a lot of pets as a child, from hermit crabs to gerbils to rabbits to kittens and dogs. While some of the pets had different names, this person would use one name over and over. This person would use the name Snickers. But every time that this person named a pet Snickers, the pet would soon after die. And eventually this person decided that the name was cursed and stopped using it. That's the first. The second. As a child, this person collected snakes and lizards, which other people found to be an unusual pet choice. This person's favorite snake was named Harry Dean Stanton, And their favorite lizard was a monitor named Vladimir. And the third, this person wanted a pet dog as a child until their older brother told them that dogs shit and you have to pick it up. So instead, this person got a parakeet named Chuckles. Those are your three stories all about childhood pets. And now it is up to you to determine whose is what. I feel as though I only heard two stories. Oh, okay. Well, oh, we got... the third story. The third story was about a dog who wrote its novel last night. That was um, <laughs> we had yeah. we we had the person with various animals and who had a cursed name that they stopped yep. using. The got person it. who collected snakes and lizards, including a snake, Harry Dean Stanton, and the person yep. who wanted a dog until oh. they were told that they had to pick up the dog shit. Okay, okay, I gotcha. I'm sorry. I thought that the person who wanted to get the dog was the same person who had the snakes and the lizards and the lizard named Harry Dean Stanton. I see. Nope, different different people. Thank different people. God. Wouldn't that have been a twist, though? It would have. It would have been much better. But unfortunately, you know, we're stuck with what we have. We we only have reality. We're we're not creating okay. fiction here. Okay. So the strongest detail that I have to work with is this Harry Dean Stanton uh, detail. That's mm-hmm. the that's the most dynamic of the like proper nouns that I have to work with. Because like Snickers, there's no way for me to really draw conclusions based on that. Um, I can also draw conclusions based on the idea that somebody was like freaked out about wanting to pick up shit. So, I can eliminate the dog story from being a celebrity, I think. And I can eliminate the... I think... Hmm, I think I have to pick the Harry Dean Stanton story as one of the two of you. So I think that that means that the Snickers story is the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Harry Dean Stanton, based on what I... So I know more about Wayne than I know about you, Maura. And I don't get a strong Harry Dean Stanton vibe from Wayne. So I'm 
imagining that that's you. So this is okay. here. Here, here's my final answer. I'm going to say that the uh, snakes and lizards. Lizard named Harry Dean Stanton is Mora. The person that didn't want that wanted to get the dog, but was told that they also. I know that Wayne has older brothers, so that's that's part of that. The the dog who didn't want to pick up uh, didn't want to pick up dog shit. I think is Wayne, and then I think the lots of animals named Snickers is the celebrity. Okay. Those are excellent, excellent guesses. You got one out of three, right? No, which I is oh, yeah, which is not which is not bad, which is not bad. There have been guests who have gotten none. Many guests. Uh, you got you got one right, even despite the fact that uh, I screwed it up. <laughs> but you were correct that uh, Wayne is the one with the uh, who wanted the dog and then did not. Um, but his I, I misnamed the parakeet. <laughs> Apparently, because I can't hear over the phone. The parakeet was truffles, Lynn? Yeah, the parakeet was truffles, not chuckles, and also totally, totally not related to the story. It was like I know it wasn't, but all the others had a pet name. You know, I couldn't just leave it. At, like, so you gave me a pet name. I thought I'd put it in. <laughs> I, I, you know, a slight creative license, really, just in the putting it all together. Those were two true facts. Uh-huh. Okay, so you got that right. But, you know, there is a chance to get a bonus question, because even though you got it wrong, mm. wait, wait, so, so wait, Mara, you're... You, no, I'm Mara, the one with the cursed, the cursed... I'm the one with the cursed pets. I, I would name the pet Snickers, and then they all died. Um, so don't name... If anyone's listening and they have a pet and they think Snickers is a cute name for it, don't do it. That will kill your pet. Stop right now. Choose another name. So the oh, wait, celebrity... Give, wait, wait, give, give, give Lars the chance for the bonus point. I was about to. So the celebrity is mm. the uh, the individual who collected lizards and named the snake Harry Dean Stanton and the, the lizard Vladimir. Now, it can be anyone uh, in the entire world. Uh, it is a famous person. It okay. is someone, you know, I was able to Google, so that, that <laughs> tells you that yeah, much. I, but other than that, I, I, there's nothing that you can guess. Lars, I get to play this part, too, because I don't, know who the celebrity is. Oh, oh okay. So, so uh, uh, also I get to do this because I finished my novel last night, so I get to do whatever mm-hmm. I want. Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to guess the celebrity is Brad DeReef from One mm-hmm. Oh, the mm-hmm. doctor from Deadwood. Oh, yeah. Deadwood? Yeah. I don't know. You know, Lars, I don't think you've heard our show before, but I guess Brad DeReef every day, every week. I, I actually did listen to the episode that my uh, cohort, oh, Nick Amadeus, is on. Uh, oh, you know, so, I, so I actually knew that you did that bit, looked up a couple of movies that Brad DeReef was in so that I could participate <laughs> in the conversation. <laughs> That's officially more than I've ever done. <laughs> Just for the record, I'm really not. Uh, really sure any issues, celebrity. But... Okay, so any celebrity. It's somebody younger than Harry Dean Stanton because nobody is older than Harry Dean Stanton. So that <laughs> uh, focuses me slightly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Gosh. Um, it should be somebody with a fascination for the macabre, maybe? Snakes and mm-hmm. lizards? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... So now I'm getting messed up because I I can't get the scene from uh, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans, where Nicolas Cage is freaking out about a lizard out of my head. (laughs) Um, So I'm being drawn inexorably towards picking Nicolas Cage. 
Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. he's he's way too classic a guy. He would name his he would name his lizard Elvis. He wouldn't name it Harry Dean Stanton. Then, so I mean, he used he to be, have, yeah. Something named Elvis. Uh, gosh. So it's that's, that's a good another, guess. I would go like that. You you just want to keep this game going, and I want to spend the next half hour just naming weird celebrities. <laughs> I'm going to go with, um, I think, oh, man, I'm going to guess Rachel McAdams. Wow, I, that, that is nowhere. Like, yeah, that was such a left turn there. I, such I a left to, turn. I, I think that she has that kind of thing going on, though. Yeah, sort of a under the radar. Well, you actually should have gone a little more obvious. You were on the right path. And in fact, uh, I feel no. as though if you kept on the right path and made the turn that you had, you would have ended up at Angelina Jolie, which would have been the correct uh, answer. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I, I liked I liked the thought processes we saw at, uh, play there. I thought that, that was some solid logic and uh, and really bizarre ending with uh, Rachel McAdams. But still. Thank you very much for playing. Uh, you've made it to one game with one point. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, so now we uh, are going to move on to talking about you again. Oh, And yeah, I yeah. think, as, uh, as Wayne mentioned, you have a full-time job that is not necessarily within the music industry. But I was kind of interested in, I mean, you seem like you are very uh, disciplined in doing music. You get up at what time every day and start? Uh, I get up. I get up around five forty-five every day, just to play music and to get that in. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> I also have to walk my dog. I would get up at six o'clock, but I have to get up to walk my dog, which takes about half an hour. So I wind up at around a six twenty, six thirty start time every day. And well, then, how long are you putting in doing music every morning? Uh, usually around two and a half hours. Wow. Wow. Do you feel like that makes your day better? Like if you if you don't do it for some reason, if you skip, if you just, you know, you're you're tired, you sleep in or whatever, do you feel like the rest of your day is kind of off? Oh, yeah, absolutely. The the reason I started doing it is not because I like love getting up that early in the morning. Like my natural clock is that I'm asleep by like 3 a.m. and up around 11. Like that's if I if I had no other commitments, that's what I would be doing. But mm-hmm. my wife is a teacher, and she has to leave the house at, like, 7-ish. So there was oh, so she just a hates period you. of time. What's that? She just hates you. <laughs> You're just kind of getting up <laughs> when you want and doing music, and she's, like, rushing to get ready and get out the door and deal with a bunch of, I'm assuming, kids, um, as opposed to, like, teaching at a college. but. Uh, yeah, she's uh, yeah. she's teaching sixth and and eighth grade. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, but I do want you. I would hate you. Go on. <laughs> I walk the, I walk the dog for her. I keep her from having to get up. You know, I I chip in. I do my well. Okay, here's here's why she doesn't hate me. Is that uh, there was a period of time after she started that schedule when I was like doing what I would naturally do. So I need to. I could get up at like. 8:50 and get to work on time if I if I had to. Mm-hmm. So I was staying up to, you know, 1 in the morning or later working on stuff and uh getting up when it was a natural time for me. And it's just like that means that there's a because she has to get up so early, that means that there's a two and a half hour chunk of time where she's asleep and I'm just like dorking around in, you know, in the dark and 
then there's a period of time in the morning when she's awake and I'm just like a sleeping bum. So, you know, in order for us to be on a schedule that made sense with each other, like I kind of had to push myself to, to get stuff done in the morning. And to answer Wayne's question, like, yes, absolutely. The, the feeling of working a, a full, I mean, every, I mean, everybody who is trying to do something creative, I think has the feeling that doing a full day's work and then saying, and now I'm going to do what's important to me. is like, you're going to, you're going to lose that fight a large percentage of the time. And which isn't to say that I win my fight every day. You know, there are plenty of days when instead of working on the thing that I need to be working on, I just, you know, practice, you know, scales or whatever for 50 minutes and watch a pro wrestling show. Like that happened. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's front loading your day with things that are important to you is something that's really difficult and takes discipline. But the alternative is that like, I feel like I'm always with on any other schedule, I would always be feeling like I was behind on the things that I cared about. And I'm inverting that has kind of changed that around for me. That's great. I mean, that's really actually very admirable. I, I feel like most um, most of the things that I hear from people who are juggling creativity uh, with paying bills, uh, the, a lot of the most successful ones seem to be the ones who get up first thing and do it, which always sounds kind of impossible to me. Well, I am not one of the more successful ones. I just want to get that out of the way. <laughs> like... What I may have in common with those people is just that I get up early. Like, I would not I would not call myself one of the successful ones. You know, if you let but, a dog run away, you get, like, an extra, like, 30, 45 minutes of uh, guitar playing every day. Just wow. throw that out there. I'm just trying to maximize well, uh, your... You also don't have to pick up any shit any, anymore. Right. You know, I don't know if you're faster, but... Then you have to worry about, like, people matter on your Martin, you know. Just name uh, the dog Snickers now, and then he'll just he'll die on his own, and then you'll be off the hook. I <laughs> love my dog. I could never Lars, name my dog Snickers. Lars, Lars, is, Lars, is, Lars, is, Lars is dog, which is hard to say. Lars is dog. Lars is dog. He's a girl dog, not a he. I met her, and the day I met her, she puked. Aw, poor puppy. Remember that? Yeah, she. That was a that was a rough day for her. Yeah. What's her name? Right. Her name is Cricket. Cricket? Oh, that's cute. Yeah, that's she's very cute. cute. I'm sorry that we were plotting to get rid of your dog. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, you and I have something in common, and that is a love of a certain song. And one of the questions we ask guests is, what is their favorite work of art about their artistic field? So, like, sure. you know, as a writer, one of my favorite works of art about writing is Martin Fink. And I want you, you gave a few answers to this question, but I'd love for you to talk about the Ava one. Mm. Oh, sure. Super Trooper. Yeah. Talk to me about Super Trooper. So I could, I feel like there are a number of Ava songs about music, most of which have a like deeply ambivalent feeling about music. Like even the song, thank you for the music is about like, like the narrative, the, the lyric of that song is like, "Hey, I'm an idiot and nobody likes me, and when I try to tell stories at dinner, people laugh at me and make fun of me. But luckily, I can sing a song and people pay attention to me and now think I'm cool. Like right. even that is like loaded with the idea of like a passion for music set against like the misery of day to day existence, basically. 
Um, right. But yeah, Super Trooper. Super Trooper is a great song. It's like, it's super. Uh, the the hook is totally killer. Like the 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 synthesizer hook is is like super fun. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, the way it's like the the groove gets like pushed and pulled through the different choruses is super fun. And the energy, energy of the song. It's got yeah. tremendous. Absolutely. And then the lyric of the song of like, I'm on tour, being on tour pretty much sucks. And like the experience of performing music is something that has like been reduced to a chore. Uh, But when somebody that you care about and when somebody that you can attach real like meaning and passion to is in the crowd that, you know, inspires this, uh, this renewal of like passion and like energy and enjoyment in the thing that you're doing. And that's like, uh, I think it's a really beautiful, uh, genuine thing to say about music where it's like music on its own terms is, is like, I guess it's okay. Uh, but if you're, if you're not able to attribute some sort of meaning to it or some sort of like personal connection, to the uh, to the thing that you're doing, it's you know it's not enough to get you by. Um, right. Yeah. So I, I and plus it's like the catchiest, tokiest, funnest thing in the world. You know. Right. Right. Okay. So okay. now I'm going to tell you we're going to get the last leg of the show. We've done two thirds of the show, feeling good, uh, and uh, I'm going to tell you how the last leg is going to play out. Mm-hmm. Play another game. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about the qualia. Going to talk okay. a little bit about. Uh, your podcast, and then we're gonna close out the show. So that's that's the last. Somewhere in there, I'm gonna mention that I finished my third novel. Somewhere, but I'm not sure where. This didn't count. I'm just saying it's gonna happen. So this mm-hmm. game is called Highbrow Lowbrow, and mm. really, I'm very tired, so it really doesn't make any sense today. But um, what we usually do two highbrow. Two, we pick a theme. Two two highbrow examples of that theme. Two lowbrow examples of that theme. You only have to get three out of four. Okay, the theme sure. I typically didn't really didn't really lend itself to splitting up highbrow or lowbrow. It's kind of arbitrary, but you should know that the first question in each category is easier than the second one. So, so the, the two categories being lowbrow and highbrow. That's right. The theme is things that rhyme with Lars. But oh, good, good. That's good. This is exactly what but, I studied. But but because that's so easy. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to add a time component, like I'd oh, ask the question to five seconds, but then I said, no, you have to answer the question while I'm still asking it. You have to interrupt me, or you, if I get to the end of the question before you give an answer, you get it wrong. You know, as a person who loves games, like I, I, I'm a big board game fan, I love video games, uh, like I have a passion for, for play. I feel like what you've just described is a really well-balanced and really desi- or like well-designed game, and I'm excited to try my hand at it. Thank you. <laughs> I also thought since you're like a mild-mannered, nice, polite person and I'm obnoxious, it would be fun to force you to interrupt me. That's okay. what I thought would be fun. So, right. um, but to, to not make it too hard, I made the question sort of needlessly long. I mean, they're not <laughs> super long. so short. But I didn't want to be too hard on you, okay? So the category is... Things that rhyme with Lars, 
You choose whether you go first in highbrow or lowbrow, and to get it right, you not only need the right answer, you have to answer it before I finish asking the question. So you pick highbrow or lowbrow. Let's, let's start low, baby. Okay. <laughs> wow. Sing, sing, okay. Things that rhyme with Lars, lowbrow. Singer-songwriter Moby had a hit. <laughs> I'm so tired. The sentence makes no sense, and I can't read it. Singer-songwriter Moby had a hit with this word that rhymes with Lars in the title. And in this song, he claimed this is that we were all made out of this stars. We're all, word. We are all made out of stars. We are all made oh, out of stars. Nice. Good. Nice. Well done. Stars. Stars. Okay. Stars. We are all made of stars. Very good. Highbrow, lowbrow, things that rhyme with Lars. Wait, was that lowbrow or highbrow? That was low, but it's really okay. arbitrary this week. But that was low. Okay, good. Got it. Okay, so I'm going to have to get three of these four. So eventually I'm going to have to do the more difficult of one of these two categories. Yeah, but it's all kind of bullshit. Really so I feel like I should do lowbrow again. Okay, yeah, I think so too. I think actually the, even the harder lowbrow is easier than the, the other ones. All right. Ready? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. Candio, just what I needed, you might think, and the cars. There you go. Hey. Are nice. just a handful of bits from his 80s pop band fronted by singer-songwriter Rick Ocasek. Okay. So you got it. You're two for two. You only have to get one of the next two questions right. And I have to tell you, I think they're a little harder than the first two, but I think you'll do fine. My brother hates the cars, by the way. I should just maybe to, to tie up really? on that story. Yeah. But I would think yeah. you I would think you love the cars. I love them. I love the yeah. cars. Yeah, it's hard that, not uh, to love them. That that country guitar part in uh, Best Friends Girl that comes out at the end of the chorus? Oh. Are you kidding me? Take he's, that one straight to the bank. He's like incredibly... Elliot Eastwood, is that his name? I think I Elliot Eastwood. Yeah, Elliot Eastwood is the guitarist for the cars. Incredibly underrated. Really picks his moments. Like, really finds his way to, like, just do, like, a killer eight. And really just a great, great, great player. Okay. Uh, we'll go next. Highbrow. Okay. Here we go. Okay. Ready? Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Although this word has many meanings, it's often used conversationally to describe how good your cell phone reception is. Bars. How many bars do you have? Nice. There you go. You won. You won. Man, I won. Let's get the last one, which is, which is a little bit forced. But you don't, you've already won, but this is just for extra points. Okay, 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 okay. You can find <laughs> this substance used in paving... You can find these substances used in paving road or sometimes as the residue from the act of smoking cigarettes. Tars? Tars? Yeah, tars. Tars. Oh, wow. Tars. I've never heard that pluralized before. That's very exciting. Uh, you know, what would you want me to do? I didn't want to go with, like... You know, I could have gone with wars, but that doesn't really rhyme. It's just... Stars. You know I did stars. S-C. Um, I feel like I feel like that went really well for me. I feel like I redeemed myself. Yeah, you, really, you really did well. You won that. You won that. There's only a handful of people who have won both games. John Lemmerstein won both oh. games. He might have been the most formidable contestant we ever had. 
That's true. We'll have to have, you know, like a celebrity uh, or a or high winners version where we, like, bring the best people back and then make them play yeah. against each other. Yeah, lucky Oh, like a, like a tournament of champions? Yes, yeah. a tournament of champions. Thank you. That is exactly what I was not able to come up with. No, no, no. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to correct you. I, I, <laughs> no, just, I wanted you to. I, I, I'm so enthusiastic was, about the words. It was out of my reach. Yeah, that's what I would love to do, a tournament of champions. Mara and I were, were grooving out to the qualia today. Mm. We were both uh, listening to uh, your music. And uh, um, I'm going to, you know, it's funny because you gave us two examples, and I listened to both, and they're very dissimilar from each other. Uh, oh, what did I, I send you? Sent me, I don't even uh, remember. You sent me, uh, you sent me a song, uh, uh, Can't Help Falling in Love With You, which I thought was oh, a yeah. yep. like, yep, you wrote it. song. I wrote that one. Uh, and also something called Stairway to Heaven, which was, like, unrecognizable compared to the first. <laughs> no. Um, you wrote, well, you didn't, you know what? Damn it, I have to click. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm looking it up. I don't remember I know. the name of it. I know, it's I know called, what I said. Yes, I lied. Yes, I, I lied. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. And you sent us uh, uh, that on the baby. And those yeah. two songs have really nothing to do with each other. So I'm gonna name for you hmm. an influence that I, I an influence I hear on oh. Yes I Love. And okay. you can this is I'm sort of making everything a game now since it's been so fun. I I'm love gonna, games. I'm gonna name an influence and you'll tell me whether or not in response you think I'm an idiot or a mm-hmm. fucking idiot. Because okay. I know because no one ever really likes to hear someone else's opinion on what an influence is, it's always annoying. Sure. But those are your choices, idiot or fucking idiot. Okay. I listened okay. Yes, I Lied, yeah. and I said, what? I can hear a little oingo boingo in here. Um, I think that's interesting. I don't think you're an idiot. I've never really listened to oingo boingo, but uh, I, I'll take it. I will totally yeah, I, take it. I, I think if you listen to a little oingo boingo, you know, Danny Elfman's old band, you know, sure. I, I, I think Gladstone's only an idiot, not a fucking idiot. And then uh, this one's you're going to call me a fucking idiot, are you ready? Okay, yeah. And the other one, and this was a less of an influence. This is kind of a superficial. Wayne, are you going to say your college band? I just feel yeah, like that's what's I'm, coming, and I want to... No, no, no. no. <laughs> okay, I, I, right. a little bit of a, I thought there was just a little bit of an Elliot Smith vibe on the second song. Sure, but that was yeah, a yeah, yeah. more superficial way. Yeah, uh, it's like a quiet sort of contemplative with little thing. chorus vocal and quiet vocal. Yeah, sure. Very nice. So how um um what for people who want you know I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet out the the uh, guess I lied song right now, but sure. to give people a little taste of it, a little taste of the qualia. But for sure. people who want to get more of the qualia. Yeah. What, what should they do? Uh, if they go to the Qualia, T-H-E-Q-U-A-L-I-A, dot uh-huh. bandcamp dot com, the the uh, the two records in the EP that I've put out so far are up there. Uh, eventually, I'll get around to figuring out how to release this other record that I did, um, and that'll be there too. But uh, I think Bandcamp is a not a bad place to start. If people don't want to, you know, for some reason, listen to music for free, they could. Go on to iTunes and search for the Qualia, T H E space Q U A L I A there. Uh, All right. Yeah, those are probably the best spots. 
Can I ask and, a completely like not related to music question? But what, where did the name come from, Sequoia? Um, it's like a. It's not a. I don't. It's not a great band name because it's a thing that like people say it and then they're like, "Did I pronounce that correctly?" And then they don't know what. It, it's not a great band name. Uh, but it's like Listen. the. Uh, it's it's like a intro phil, uh, philosophy like philosophy one on one idea of like when you see something like for instance when you see the color red you have an experience that you are able to recognize as the color red but you have no way of really explaining uh, or describing the actual characteristics of that experience beyond giving sort of um, like comparative language, like, oh, red is a hot color or red is the color of blood or whatever. Um, right. So so basically, qualia are the experiences that you have in your own head that are kind of impossible to communicate, impossible to confirm, and impossible to transfer to other hmm. people. So, wow. so the reason that I chose it as the band name is that, like, I knew that this is something that I wanted to do forever and I knew that I would have a lot of stylistic jumps across the course of this project. So I wanted to come up with something that was broad enough to to kind of capture all of the things that I would want to do in it and, uh, you know, and sort of smarty pants, uh, you know, whatever, clever or something. Right. That's very cool. That's a really interesting. That's, that's a very unique name. I like it. How did, how yeah, did we do, the... Um, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. How, how did the band come together? Like, who are the people that you're playing with? Um, it started off just as uh, sort of my solo project. Like I started doing a lot of electronic music when I was in high school um, and gradually I've been kind of just grabbing people and incorporating them into the into the band. The band right now is me, my, uh, like a, a keyboard slash synthesizer uh, player, mm-hmm. uh, my friend Chad, and uh, a, a drummer who's my friend Rawson. And uh, we've been playing together for about seven or eight years. Okay. Um, yeah, it's 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 been it's like the anytime there's a story about how did the thing come together, I don't have a great answer to it because I'm not friends with a ton of musicians. I find like a lot of musicians are um, will like like they're full of shit, you know. Like they'll they'll yeah. manipulate you they'll right. say things that don't make sense they'll like dodge questions they'll you know whatever it's like more about a, a pose than about actually connecting with you and communicating with you wow. so the, uh, the so the band came together basically just from like getting onto message boards on the internet and finding people on MySpace when that was a thing and Craigslist and stuff like that so it's like the actual origin story is I found these people through just reaching out into the internet and, uh, you know, we've been playing for such a long time that that feels like a strange way to characterize the right, things you, thing because we're such good friends now. Right. You refer to them as your friends, which uh, um, I've 
I've uh, it's just always better. It's just always better to play with uh, friends, even if they're even if they're inferior players. You know, I was in two bands in college, and and one probably had stronger musicianship than the other one, but the other one was such a more nurturing and fun place that although the the chops weren't down, it was definitely the better band just because we yeah. were friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a really important thing. Like it's it's especially if if you're like going to be playing as a real band and you're going to be actually collaborating and working together together on ideas, if you can't trust and like somebody, it's a it's a real uphill battle. It's like kinda sucks. Yeah. No, Tarsh segue from that Tell us about working with a complete asshole like Nick Amadeus. And oh, that guy? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh, my God. What a dick. What a dick. Yeah. Uh, not a genuine I, bone in that guy's body, you know? Everything, everything's an angle for that guy. No, you're like, you're sitting there, you're trying to eat your soup, watching <laughs> Bruce there. And this guy, I don't know what he's, he's like dipping bread in the soup or making jokes about Punky Brewster. It's, it was a fucking nightmare. It was, it was ridiculous. It was it's just crazy. Bananas. So, uh, how about tell us about? Uh, I I did the uh, Breakfast Quest podcast, uh, which was a lot of fun. Uh, and uh, since I only listen to podcasts that I've been on, it might be the best podcast I've ever heard. But not the best. That's the best. I've, I've only heard about six. You know. So, <laughs> when can when can the folks at home catch that? Well, there are a ton of episodes already on iTunes. Uh, just to let people know. The the concept of Breakfast Quest is that Nick and I, uh, who are friends, who uh, like Nick and I have have been friends for you know five years or so, and we've always loved talking about movies with each other and talking about you know music, TV, just whatever. Like we're we've we enjoy talking to each other for long enough that we eventually decided that we want to do this project together, which is this podcast where each podcast we. Um, we watch a strange episode of some kids' show, uh, like children's TV, from from some just randomly chosen from the hundreds and hundreds of insane children's television shows that have existed over the uh, you know course of history since TV started in the 50s, and uh, we bring on a guest. We watch the show with a guest, and then we have a conversation. It's like similar to the sort of like chat review kinds of podcasts like uh, Gilmore Guys or The Flophouse or other sorts of like literally dig in deep into a thing sorts of podcasts, except mm-hmm. that the things that we dig into are things that nobody cares about and uh, nobody has any connection to, which has made garnering a listenership an uphill battle and one that I'm pleased to report that we are still uh, engaged in uh, to this day. But... Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's, uh, sorry, what was your question, Wayne? <laughs> I just wanted you to tell us about your podcast and <laughs> okay. if possible, if possible, relate it back to uh, both your brother's intense hatred of Australians <laughs> and B, my completion of the third book of my Internet Apocalypse trilogy last night. How okay. Was I, uh, well, the unification theory, basically. So, when I first met Wayne, <laughs> all I knew is that he was working on a book, a third book in a series, um, and that uh, I'm out of gas on that one right now. Actually, um, I think you've yeah. gone above and beyond. But it's time for the final game of the show, the final game, which we call 
Knowledge Roundup. Oh, okay. This game you can't really lose. Um, mm-hmm. It's where you think back to everything that happened in the last hour, and you share with us and the folks at home something you learned in the last hour. And I usually drag out the introduction because Mara has to go first, and she needs time to figure out what she's going to say. So, Mara, what did you learn? What I learned is that despite what I have been telling myself uh, for the majority of my adult life, it is actually possible to force yourself to get up in the morning before you have to go to work and do something creative with your time. Uh, I had had written that off entirely as just sort of uh, science fiction, but... Um, now I have to live with the truth, but uh, no, I'm just choosing not to do it. Uh, and uh, Lars is better than I am. So that's well, definitely, oh, yeah. definitely what I learned. Yeah. 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 So, Wayne, how about you, Wayne? What What did you learn tonight? I learned that Lars's brother fucking hates Australians. Mm. Uh, no, I learned what the quality means. I didn't, I didn't know that. I, I really thought... It was a merely, like, I just thought you picked nice sounds. Because it does sound nice. It does feel good in the mouth. It's nice to say, and your mouth feels good after you say it. So I didn't, it didn't even occur to me it was a real word that had meaning. I feel so like I that's like, how I should describe what that word means from now on. I should say, it feels good <laughs> to say it. When you're done saying it, your mouth feels good. And then just <laughs> leave the room. Yeah, Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the last sound an Australian makes before bludgeon's death. That actually makes a lot of sense, yeah. And that actually sounds very like an outback cry for help. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and what did you learn, Lars? Other than um, I'm on the show twice. I learned that on March 1st... <laughs> 2016, <laughs> Wayne Gladstone completed the writing of Reports on the Internet Apocalypse, Woo! available fall 2016. November. November. Now I learned another thing. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stop learning. <laughs> you know, learning You're... what it's about a subject you care about. And so, you know. Thank right. you, Thank you for indulging me and for coming on to our show and sharing your knowledge of early mid eighties music and uh and the qualia and the Breakfast Quest podcast and how to multitask and live an artistic life while paying bills. Mm. Well it's been a pleasure to be on the podcast. I really appreciate you guys uh, inviting me on and getting a chance to talk to both of you. We were very happy to have you. We're glad you said Yes, coming on our show, and um, and for everyone listening, please go check out the Qualia, their music, and uh, if you're listening to one other podcast other than this one, definitely make it the Breakfast Quest. And thank you everyone for listening to us tonight on Six and Stones, and you will hear from us again next week. Have a good night.